0: Social media is a crucial part of pretty much any business these days, whether you're doing an online business or a local business or something that's more brick and mortar. However, it can be a total can of worms when you start to open the door into this world of social media, especially If you're a new entrepreneur who's trying to balance everything you need to do in your business itself, along with everything you need to do to keep up with all the social media trends. On today's episode, I am pleased to be joined by my longtime assistant and social media manager, Chris Daining. Chris has been working with me for a very long time and has run my Facebook page and my Pinterest account for years, and she has a wonderful feel of what is working right now and what isn't in the world of all the social media. You might remember Chris from a previous episode because she's also a veteran gardener and has been in love with gardening since she was a child helping in her parents' vegetable garden. She's gardened in the colder climates of Michigan and Wisconsin, and also in sunny and warm South Carolina. In addition to writing her gardening blog, The Homestead Garden. With tutorials and advice on how to find joy in your garden in every season, Chris has been my right-hand woman with all of my business adventures for many years. And this was a fun conversation with lots of juicy nuggets, so here we go. You're listening to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast, where ambitious people master the art of returning to their roots. Have you found yourself disenchanted with society, or wishing you could opt out of the rat race? Perhaps you're craving a life that's meaningful and tangible, a life where you can create and produce instead of merely consume. I'm Jill Winger, best selling author and longtime homesteader. Over the last 10 years, I've helped thousands of families create more connection, grow amazing organic food, and find the ultimate fulfillment through an old fashioned lifestyle. And I
1: can do the same for you. Now, on to our episode.
0: Hey, Chris, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me again. Yeah. So
0: uh, you were definitely the first one who came to mind when I was planning out like the topics and I thought we need to have an episode on social media. And there, there's, yeah, this is going to be a super fun conversation because this is something you've worked on a long time and I've worked on mm-hmm. a long time with you. So I feel like there's lots of fun tidbits to share here.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Looking forward to this.
0: Yeah. So I was actually thinking the other day, how, when did you start working for me? Because I, I people will ask me like how, you know, how long have you had Chris or who, who's on your team? And I'm like, I don't, Chris has been there. I feel like you never weren't there. You just like, I can't remember life before Chris. So what year did you come on? I'm sure you remember. I remember. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I was looking at my records and Um, I only started my records seven years ago. Um, so seven years ago I was working for you. Um, I started doing social media, um, and you know, all that kind of stuff for people eight years ago. So it's possible like right at the end of eight years, I started for you, but it like got more serious in- seven years ago, whatever year that is.
0: <laughs> right. Whatever year that is. Can't and, do the math. <laughs> yeah. And so, so you had other clients initially, like you were kind of uh, a VA or virtual assistant for a lot of different Homestead bloggers. And then over the years I started like hogging you, I feel like a little bit more. I'd be like, Chris, help, help. And then last year or the year before you came on full-time. So now you're officially on, like you're the executive assistant on my team. For those of you who email like hello at the Prairie homestead or you're, you know, doing any of those customer service emails, I can't get my ebook to download. Chris is who you get to talk to and she knows my business inside and out. So uh, you also though have managed my Facebook page and my Pinterest for many years.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And that has been awesome because I feel like a lot of times when entrepreneurs are talking about outsourcing social media, Um, it gets tricky because it can work beautifully and it can be sometimes a necessity, depending on how much you have on your plate, but it can also be done really poorly. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of times when I see folks try to outsource it, maybe it's the wrong match and the person who they outsourced it to doesn't understand their voice or their content style. um, And it just falls flat. So I know with you, that's why I'm one of the reasons I'm so, so thankful I get to work with you is you are brilliant at understanding (laughs) what I'm, trying to communicate and what the Prairie Homestead brand is about. And you do an amazing job sometimes better than I do myself at portraying that on social
1: media. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that we make a really good team because, um, I always, I'm like stalking you on Instagram and especially your stories and I'm constantly, or also your podcast. And I'm like, okay, what's what is she doing right now so that I can emphasize that through yeah. her other social media channels and that way it still sounds like you and has yes. that ring to it. And I think, I think that's something that definitely takes uh, a long time to, to like find the voice of someone else. It does. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I agree. You can definitely tell when someone's just hired an assistant to take over their social media. Cause all of a sudden you'll be like, Whoa, well, that doesn't sound totally. like them or that kind of thing. But yes. also give them a chance, because I, I can admit when I first started for you, like I wasn't getting your voice right. That takes a while. It it's does a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to go back. And as long as both
0: parties are willing to be like, "Hey, try this," and the other person doesn't get offended, like it, it can work. Um, right. It just takes time. You have to get to know. the the cadence and the topics and how somebody would, yeah, it's a whole, Mm -hmm. it's a whole thing. So, Mm -hmm. but it it can be amazing when it, when it works
1: out. When it clicks. (laughs)
0: clicks. So, so for this episode specifically, I want to really talk about what is working right now for social media, because I mean, this is such a big topic. We could do a whole episode on Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest, but I I really want to focus on what is getting traction at this point in time because social media changes so rapidly. And, you know, a lot of times people will be, I feel like running off of information that's five years old, eight years old of how Facebook used to work or how Pinterest used to work. And it doesn't, it doesn't stay the same for very long, as you know. So (laughs) it can be intimidating for a new entrepreneur or prospective entrepreneur to like sort through what actually is going to get them traction on Facebook and what's going to be a giant waste of time. All that being said, do you feel, in your professional opinion, is, is social media still worth bothering with in this
1: day and age where everything is so different? Absolutely. I, I think you have to have social media, no matter what your business is. Um, I, I can't think of any business where you could get away without having social media. Um, I even was helping my father-in-law for a while when he had an insurance business. And I was like, you need you need to connect In other ways, you need these things. Um, So it's definitely still necessary, but it has changed. And I think so. What people don't think about is it's social media. This is where people are, and people change the way they need things. And I think it used to be a big information thing, like when the internet was just new and we were. New baby bloggers. Like everyone was like, gimme, gimme, gimme. I want to know how to make ricotta cheese. And you could just go on Facebook and be like, click here to learn how to make ricotta cheese. And people were like, yes, thank you. That's what I needed. But now I think it's more, um, and this might actually have something to do with COVID, but I've noticed the trend. People want to make social connections with businesses, with everyone, but especially with businesses. Uh, They want to support small businesses. um, But in order to support them they want to know them like intimately and not just the polished pretty picture but like what's going wrong what are your downfalls uh look there's some pictures of your kids running around in the mud or you know whatever like they they want to connect with you as a like a person um, even an entire business entity so i think again this could be because of covid but i really feel like that is the biggest emphasis right now the trend with social media
0: Definitely. And I know, like, for me, the way I use social media as a consumer, the most these days is like, if, if I'm listening to a podcast, or I'm reading a book, or I'm watching an interview, and I'm interested in the person speaking, or being interviewed, Mm -hmm. the first thing I do is go find them on Instagram. And I want to see, like, what are they about? What, you know, what's their kind of story? What do they have to offer? And then from there, from that point, I decide: Am I going to follow them and maybe invest deeper into their content, watch more of their their videos if they have videos, or buy their book or buy a course? Or sometimes I go on their Instagram and I'm like, "Your Instagram looks nothing like I thought it would, and it's nothing like you were communicating on this interview." So I I just don't feel like you know. For me, it's not it's not a fit, and I don't follow them, and I forget they ever existed. Ultimately, so it can be kind of, especially now, kind of a, a business card of sorts to let people like that first here's who I am. Nice to meet you sort of, uh, set up, I think.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, and you know, you kind of talk about this in some of your other episodes in this podcast season, um, especially in season three, but like, it's not so much about the generic thing you're selling, but like your your you're, in, your in your take or whatever on that thing, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I love gardening. And if I'm listening to something about gardening and I go to see their Instagram, I don't, I'm not going to follow the ones that are just like, here's a picture of my cucumbers. Here's a picture yes. of my tomatoes. I'm looking for like, for me personally, it's um, like beautiful words, almost like poetry about gardening. Cause that's like what I'm connected to. But like, if you're connected to like humor and gardening, then maybe you're following the more you know, funny ones that are using that time joke that's been used ad nauseum. <laughs> yes. Time in the garden and it's yep. the herb. <laughs> <Aha>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, see, so, yeah, it really is like a business card for yes. you. And then like a way to share your voice. Like, how are you different with your, you know, gardening blog? Are you funny and you talk about gardening? Are you, you know, like thought provoking and romantic when you talk about gardening or that kind of thing? So yeah.
0: So I feel like that's a good takeaway for folks is that if you're setting up a plat- on a platform, Instagram, Facebook, I guess, I mean, I'm sure this, it's on TikTok too. I don't use TikTok. Do you use TikTok? No, I should. I, I, don't use, I... <laughs> I don't use TikTok, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. But over there, I'm assuming it's the same because it's all all social media has elements that are similar. Um, make sure that if you especially if you're promoting a business or a product that when people land on your page or your profile, they can get an inkling of who you are and what you're about. Um, And so that would mean, like, I'm gonna speak specifically to Instagram because that's my favorite platform right now. (laughs) And that's (laughs) the one I feel like a lot of people are on. It's a little more easy to navigate organically than Facebook, which has a lot more algorithms governing it. I mean, Instagram Mm -hmm. has algorithms too, but they're not as aggressive as Facebook's. Um, When I click on someone's profile and what they have in their bio is either empty or very generic, or they're like, I like Starbucks. Target and cats, I'm like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know why I should follow you. Right. Especially mm-hmm. if you have a product like, Oh, maybe you have a product I actually would like, but I don't really know what it is or how it'll help me if you're talking about, uh, Starbucks and Target in your bio. So exactly. make sure that it's an easy, quick glance where folks can figure out who you are and what you're about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So here's another question. If someone has a new business, whether it's uh, a uh, brick and mortar or a farm type business or maybe an online business. Which channels would you recommend
1: they focus on, or which platforms? Because there's so many and it can be really overwhelming. First and foremost, I would say if you're brand new to this, only choose one, yeah. maybe two, but seriously, just one, because you you need to get good at it and yet also make sure it doesn't take up all of your time. Um. So when I started. Uh, doing social media for everyone eight, seven, eight years ago. It was like posting stuff on Facebook for a week per person would take me about an hour. Cause you're figuring it out. You're figuring out how do you schedule stuff? How do you type this in? How do I know what things to do? But after a while it was like 30 minutes for a week's worth and then 20 minutes and then less and less. So you, you need to get like confident and comfortable with one platform before you start adding more so that it's not adding more time to your business. Um, and so then from there, it, it will depend on what kind of business you have because every social media platform is different. Um, I, would, I would argue that almost every homestead type business should definitely have a Facebook um, page, business page. Um, But especially if you're doing some kind of like farmer's markets or um, businesses that you need to develop a local connection, because you can use Facebook for making events and pushing like live videos of you, like showing the strawberries coming in fresh out of the garden or whatever, that's going to, you know, bring in your local customers. So. If local is where you want to start, you, you need then Facebook is the where is where you should start. But if you're thinking about doing um, a more how-to type business, um, like just using the standard, like a blog, um, and you want to teach people how to make cheese, I would argue to start with Pinterest because Pinterest is where people go. The whole reason for Pinterest is DIY projects. An inspiration for DIY projects. So, I would start with Pinterest if if your business is about that kind of thing. How to make this, um, and then see Pinterest as a huge online magazine. Mm -hmm. And the whole point is to make beautiful advertisements for your content that drive them to your website. So, I mean, for sure. Like I feel like most businesses, it's either start your focus on Facebook or start your focus on Pinterest. And then Instagram, uh, how would you use it? You're, you're more of a pro. What kind of businesses do you think should focus on Instagram?
0: I mean, I've seen quite a few excel on in Instagram. I mean, I've seen bloggers do well. I've seen coaches do well. I've seen uh, boutiques and brick and mortar businesses do well. But I think the key with Instagram is um, it needs to be aesthetically pleasing. So Mm -hmm. maybe a photo that you put on Facebook is not necessarily going to get traction on Instagram because Instagram is all about visual. Um, and also it's going to be Instagram's a lot more connective. I feel like than definitely than Pinterest, but even more so than Facebook, like people really want to get to know who are you? Like they want to see when your stories and like your messy house, maybe, or, or you without Mm -hmm. makeup or just who you are. And, and I feel like there's a little bit more of that personal connection that's expected on Instagram, which is why I like it because yes. it's where you can be a little more
1: real and raw. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can make, and this is, this is what I like about using Instagram though. I'm terrible at photography. So I it'll always, <laughs> it will be my weakness until I fix that. Um, but I do, I do think like you can make these like long nostalgic paragraphs
0: Yes. Like you did
1: about um talking at the Homesteaders of America conference a, yeah. a week or two ago, um and you talked about like what you were feeling and like what you got out of that. And I feel like you got more uh, connection and traction with people through Instagram. You posted it on Facebook as well, mm-hmm. but I just I feel like it's a different way people use those channels. And like, yeah, when they when they see that long paragraph with a beautiful picture on instagram, that's that's ok. But on Facebook, Yep. Not as okay, but it still would, it works. Okay. Right. And that's a great observation.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause Facebook people, are a lot shorter attention span. Yeah. Um, Instagram, and I don't know, I've, I've found it works well for me as a content creator, but even as a content consumer, when there are certain people I follow, I usually follow someone cause I like how they think, or I like how they see the world, or I like their philosophy on things. Um, and when I see someone with a new post that's longer on Instagram, from someone I admire, I get excited because yes. I can, I'm like, oh, they're going to have something interesting to say. They're going to help me see a, a topic on a different light. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I look for, forward to that and I'm, I'm thinking that other Instagram users are probably thinking the same. So mm-hmm. if you are on Instagram and you're like, like you said, I'm not a professional photographer, maybe just focus on really well thought out captions that have something to offer or something to inspire with. And that I feel like can be the heavy lifting sometimes. Even if your photography is a little bit weaker,
1: mm-hmm. definitely, yeah, yeah, and I mean it's not a meme-heavy place, but there mm-hmm. you can take your average pictures and then like add just like a little, you know, like musings of a farmer or something, and put that over top of it, and it can like still have the power to like draw you in on Instagram. I think really well, for sure,
0: for sure. So yeah, there's ways to do it, and I don't have a perfectly curated Instagram feed. I used to really. <laughs> Um, worry about that. And I would Google instructions and I worried about my filters on my photos. So they all match. Cause like some, some influencers, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen it. Like they spend hours testing out the grid, you know, the Instagram grid where all the photos are lined up. But for those of you who aren't familiar yeah. with Instagram um, and making sure that they're all color corrected the same way. And they all are cohesive. And I don't know with my brain. I'm, I tried to care. <laughs> but I, <got> to <laughs> 20, like, I don't care this much. I just mm-hmm. want to post things I want to post. And so Maybe I do better on Instagram if I matched all my photos, but I don't, and it still is okay. And I still get business traction over there. So
1: yeah, you can take, you can get bogged down. And I would definitely say this tip, don't take so many courses on how to be a pro at this and get like double your audience or whatever, because don't take too many of them. Because Mm -hmm. I think, um, first of all, I think a lot of them still share like old information because things change all the time. Yes. Like what we're saying in the, in this podcast, um, might not still be completely true three weeks from now. Yep. Um, but yeah, don't stress about it too much. I've taken a course on Instagram before and they were like, Oh, you need to first, you need to have a personal picture of yourself. And then you need to have like a certain picture that's as far away. And then you need to also make it so like, oh, you know, first picture is a lot of green in it, but then the next picture better have a lot more blue so that it balances. And that can just suck the joy out of it, it and uh, unless, <laughs> make it even unless, more yeah. time-consuming. Unless you're one of those people who that's like the, your favorite
0: thing is color coordinating. Oh, yeah, I mean, maybe, sure. But for, for for I think people like you and me were kind of like, yeah, Meh, let's go do something else. So yeah. Also, yeah. I think that's a great advice to, especially for your first few platforms to learn. Go with the ones that kind of fit your style and fit your personality and fit mm-hmm. and they're exciting to you. Um, yes. And learn those and learn how to do them well. And then you can go into the others and, and apply some of those things you learned. And I think it, it's a little bit easier just adding one on as you go.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, going off of that, don't let social media, unless that's like a huge thing for you, don't let it suck away the joy from what you're actually doing, which is your homestead business. Mm-hmm. And at some point, if, Doing the social me- media to promote your business is taking all your time, making you stressed and depressed. Um, then you need to sit sit down and think about uh, hiring someone, and think about like what what is my time worth to me? What what is the like? I need my passion back for farming. Farming is my thing. I don't want to sit on a computer and type out all this stuff like that. Just like stresses me out. And you know, figure out the balance. And if you need to hire someone. Yeah, it's okay.
0: Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's why I hired you seven years ago is because (laughs) I started to feel like I was spending so much time managing Pinterest and managing Facebook. And I don't even know if I had Instagram back then. I probably had like a baby account and I was spending so much time in the weeds with that. I couldn't create products or do the income producing activities that actually make a business, a business. And so I don't think any, if you're listening and you're a new entrepreneur, you don't necessarily have to hire out your social media Im- immediately. In fact, I would recommend right. doing it for a little while so you understand what works for you and your business and your brand. Definitely. But eventually, like you can't do all the things. And that's why for me, it makes sense. I think for a lot of folks to outsource at least pieces of the social media fairly early on in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, can you talk about... I know we're kind of jumping around, but it's (laughs) the rule of seven. I think this is a really, really important thing for folks to remember as they are creating content for social and they're thinking about promoting their products on social.
1: Yes. um, Always think about that. The rule of seven, which is that a prospective buyer or customer um, needs to hear or see your marketing message or product at least seven times before they will buy it from you um seven for some reason is the number that's gonna stick um so yeah if 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 you think you can just you know I have my beekeeping business and I want to sell honey to the community and I go on Facebook and one you know one one time I say my honey is available I mean that's that's not that's not gonna work you need to think of more creatively so I'm not saying just post the same message over and over again but you need to come up with like again the rule is seven seven different ways to be like here's my product how can i how can i show this product in different ways answer questions that they might have about the product tell them where they can find the product for sale but constantly tell connect that with them um i i have an example uh that just happened there is this new business um in the area and i it's a produce stand and um they posted, we have strawberries. And I was like, oh, cool. I've been wanting to try them out. They're new. And then I started driving down the road and I was like, I don't remember the name of their business because they were so new. I hadn't seen their business name seven times. And then I didn't have internet on my phone because it was in the middle of the country. And I just, I had to go back into town and find internet so that I could remember the name of their business so that I could find them. Um, so yeah, it's like, I meant well, I, you know, I want to help this business, or this business, but I could not remember the name of their business because they were so new that it hasn't connected yet. So, yes. yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's a great reminder for folks. I think overall, when they're crafting a marketing strategy, uh, whether it's, and I would recommend your marketing strategy be social plus other things, you know, mm-hmm. especially if you are, um, and, a local business, a farm stand, a brick and mortar, because um, social media is just a piece of it. And one, you know, one Facebook post, especially like a Facebook post and a community page, it's not going to do much. And that's a shock to a lot of folks. You know, they get excited, they craft this post, they put themselves out there, and they're kind of like, "Oh, here it comes!" and like nothing happens. And it's surprising, but it's the rule of seven. It's repeated, yeah. repeated, not you know, being annoying about it, not saying the same thing over and over, but getting really creative. That's why marketing takes work it you does. Have to be
1: creative
0: and constantly tweaking and putting yourself out there and testing. So it's a process.
1: Yeah. Um, I had someone, uh, they asked me, they're like, okay, you do social media. Um, I started this business and like, I'm just not getting anyone to find it. Like, do you have any tips? And I said, well, first of all, marketing is at least of what you do, at least. I I think you could argue that it's even more than that. Um, You can make the most delicious, beautiful, raw, local honey in your whole community, but nobody knows about it. You need to figure out how to get people to know your product and know that you you are a pro in this community for your honey or whatever. And that takes a while. It takes effort, but you can do it.
0: It, You you can. And, you know, and it's, it's important. I feel like anyone who's creating or producing, whether it's a book or a, a, a YouTube channel or honey or soap or jam, like, I feel like sometimes there's a sheepishness around, well, I hear this all the time. I'm, I'm a writer or I'm a soap maker, but I'm not a marketer. I'm, I don't want to be a marketer. And I'm like, but, but if you, you believe <laughs> in what you're creating, you have to be a marketer. Like you don't have a choice. Otherwise, like I'm assuming if you're writing a book, you want someone to read it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say that would be true across the board. So if you want someone to read it, you are, everything you do is basically marketing. Even as you write it, you're thinking about who it's going to serve and who's going to read it. And that pushing it out to more people is just an extension of that. So it's not a bad thing. I feel like every time Mm -hmm. I say the word marketing, people are like, ooh, ooh. And I'm like, no, marketing is a beautiful thing because it's getting the product or the service to people who need it and want it. Exactly. Exactly summer is basically here and we're all spending way more time outside working in the garden and around the barnyard. And one of the things I love to treat myself with at the end of a long day of working on the homestead is a sweet drink when I sit out on the back porch and watch the sun go down. Now, this may be a little bit of a surprise to you, but I kind of like Coke and other pops and sodas. But I do try to avoid them, and one of the ways I do that is by playing around with different flavors of iced tea. I like to add a little stevia or honey or maple syrup, a whole bunch of ice, and everybody is happy, even the kids. However, I have learned that not all teas are created equal a lot of the teas that you might find at the grocery store have been treated with pesticides or they're packaged in bleached tea bags or they're loaded with a bunch of artificial junk thankfully i have found some organic loose leaf teas that are amazing the positively tea company is family owned and operated and they take their tea very seriously they have zero added sugars but the taste and quality are amazing Plus, their prices are hard to beat. I especially love the value of the one pound bags, which means you're basically getting four times the tea for only twice the price. So to grab your loose leaf teas for your summer nights on the homestead or the back porch, head on over to theprairiehomestead.com slash tea, and you can get an additional 10% off your entire order with the code HOMESTEAD. And now, back to our episode. Let's uh, shift gears a little bit and dive a little deeper into specifics on some of the most popular platforms. We won't go into all of them. Let's just talk a little bit about strategies for Facebook and Pinterest specifically. And we can do Instagram too. We kind of already went into mm-hmm. some of the Instagram stuff. But um, I feel like this would be helpful just to give folks a direction as they are opening up their first Facebook page or starting their new Pinterest account on how they can really create an impact maybe sooner versus later?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, like I said before, uh, Facebook, this is a necessity if you want to, if you're trying to get connected in your community, um, for local farmers or, you know, restaurants, if you have like a small restaurant or, you know, any, any kind of item you're trying to sell to your community, Facebook, you need it. Um, and you need to, you also still need to have a website. I find that a lot of people think they can get away with just having Facebook, but I think websites have more of the details. Like I'm not going to scroll down through your homepage on Facebook to find that one picture of your menu that you shared, you know, three years ago. Like you need to have a website with that kind of information on it as well. So link to your website on Facebook, but you still need both. Um, I see a lot of people try to get away with it and it's yeah. just it's not, it's not user friendly yeah and then you need to keep up on it and I know that it, yeah, it's it can get time consuming and stuff but like my husband and I just went away for the weekend and we were trying to find a restaurant to eat at and we went to Google and we we're like restaurants nearby and then found some went to their Facebook pages three of the four hadn't used Facebook in like years and so we were like oh are they yeah. still even open like Like what's happening? We don't know if they're open or not or anything. And then the other one was like, hey, today's Monday. So it's buy one, get one free appetizers or whatever. And we're like, oh, okay. They're not only open, but they're showing me their specials for the day or whatever. So don't let your Facebook page go dead if if it's integral to your business for sure.
0: How much would you recommend in like this instance? Not someone like me necessarily, who's like blogger, YouTuber, who's on Facebook all the time, but like a restaurant a farm store, how often would you say minimum they need to be posting on Facebook?
1: I feel like at least three times a week, depending if you, Mm -hmm. if you can figure out how to do it once a day without just posting the same thing over and over again, I would suggest that even more uh, once a day, but make it different like find, be like, okay, today we're going to do a live video in the garden and show them what's just about to come. Like show them your strawberry patch and be like, it's almost time to buy strawberries from us. And then maybe the next day it's more like a poll, you know, like think of something creative, like, Hey, what, what kind of food do you want us to grow in the future? Tell us in, you know, the comments or the poll below or whatever. And Maybe another one is a picture of something. Just think of different ways uh, through emotion, humor, behind the scenes, the nitty gritty, the sales you have going on to make a nice flow that isn't too repetitive. Um, and again, that can be time consuming, but yes, I mean, there's some people who are like, hey, I have this uh, buy one, get one free thing. And that happens every Monday and they have one picture that says it. And then every Monday they post it. People get used to that and they'll just start scrolling over it. Like they do like ads for big products at the store. You need to have different graphics, different colors, different, different tactics. You can repeat a little bit, but if you're just posting the same thing every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, people stop paying attention after a while.
0: They really do. They do. And I like what you said about, especially in our day and age, um, people, even from and I use corporate loosely because most people listening aren't going to be creating a giant corporation, but from businesses, they still want the personal aspect. They want to connect with the story and the background behind Mm -hmm. the business. Even if it's a restaurant, um, what's going on in the kitchen? What are you experimenting with? What's your special? What's your waitress's name? What are you guys doing with your decor or your logo? Like, I feel like it's really important Mm -hmm. to bring people along for that ride. And then they have more of an investment in, what's going on at your your place of business.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Take them along on the journey, even for things like for you right now, for your restaurant, and you're Mm -hmm. talking about what colors to use as you like try and bring it back to its old charm. Like people want to see that. Maybe like show like different palettes of colors and you're like still trying to decide or something, but people want, they want to be part of it. They don't just want to be like, I go to this business page on Facebook, for you know, what time are they open? They want yeah. they want to feel like part of the story and journey and the success, um, and also feel for you for the failures, the failures. and the rough love times. The failures,
0: they, they love do. Failures.
1: <laughs> I think it's just because it reminds them that they're not the only ones who have bad times like hey even the successful person with the uh you know farmer's market stall or whatever they they get it they like they also have aphid problems or exactly. you know something like yeah. that yeah human yeah the human
0: piece is really important um absolutely so okay so one thing that can be disconcerting for new or even <laughs> experienced Facebook users is um they maybe they have worked really hard they have a thousand people who like their Facebook page for their farmer's market stand. Mm-hmm they post a post about, um, I don't know, their tomato recipe or something, and they get one like. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say
1: to that? I would say, don't let it get you down. Um, this is like, the this is definitely a downside to Facebook is, you know, you think I'm putting all this effort in posting things. I feel like I'm doing it right and then yeah, you get like, it says like very little reach or like very few people, you know, like it, or you post an event and it says one person is coming and you're like, Oh my goodness. That doesn't mean that's all the people who are seeing it. Um, I actually wish Facebook would get rid of all of that. Cause it's just so depressing. It really is yeah. like, yeah. um, but yeah, people are still seeing it. I know that for me, if I'm, trying to see if um, my local herb shop has a sale. I go to their page, I look and I'm like, oh, they have a sale. Like they do have a sale right now. That's going on until Saturday. And I have it in my calendar. I need to go there this week. I'm not liking that post. Maybe I should. And I, I try, but a lot of times you're busy and you're just like, cool. There's the information I need. They have a sale going on. Awesome. And then you close out. And I don't think people uh, think about that as much. Um, not everyone is going to like your post, but that doesn't mean they're not reading it and getting information from it.
0: Right. Um, and I think just for folks to remember that it's, it's a numbers game on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And even if you have the best post in the world, you're never going to reach everyone who likes your page. Facebook will never allow, it just won't happen. It will not happen. Um, and, and so you have to get to know the percentages of like, like, for example, on, on my Facebook page, the Prairie Homestead, we have over 600,000 followers, mm-hmm. which sounds amazing. But when I post or or you post, or we post anything <laughs> over there, like a good post that hit a nerve in a good way, or got people's mm-hmm. attention, will get 2000
1: likes. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. You're like, whoa, look at that. It whoa. worked. Yeah. And you're like, Actually, if you think about it, 2,000 out of 600,000. That's depressing.
0: But That is how Facebook plays the game. So you have to know that um, it's just a percentage. You can increase your percentage by paying for a post to be boosted or doing the whole Facebook ad game. Sometimes that's worth it. Sometimes it is not. So you have to be very careful with how you're spending money over on Facebook ads. But um, you're never going to reach all the people, and that's okay. You can reach some of them. And for your devoted customers, as they interact with your page more, even if they just click on the page to see when you're open, Facebook will start showing the page more to them or showing posts Mm -hmm. more to them. And so you're still going to reach the people who want to be reached um, eventually. But Mm -hmm. don't be discouraged. Like you said, don't be discouraged by those numbers.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, the uh, their algorithm changes all the time and you can, you can try and keep up on it. Like I'll, I follow a few like social media experts or whatever, just to know about like the big changes. But again, if you're just using this as a, a way to, you know, get your business out there, um, don't, don't spend all your time trying to Figure out Facebook's algorithms because even the experts are mainly making it up, and <laughs> that's what they do yeah. for a living. You know, exactly. like they're just, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. don't let those numbers get you down. Um, Yeah, agree,
0: agree. And also remember that this is just a piece of your strategy, not your whole piece. Because yes. if you put all your eggs in that basket, it will run your life in a bad way. <laughs> You'll be so mm-hmm. worried about it and so annoyed when you can't, you know, only reach two people with a post. And so this. Can only be a piece of what you're doing, you have to have other kind of backup plans out there,
1: mm-hmm. uh, yeah, to
0: get your word out,
1: yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you mentioned boosting posts, and I would say, um, you know, I like to do this in January for whatever, but like, think about it like once a year or something, like, sit down and run some numbers, like, what kind of posts on Facebook for my business did well this year which posts didn't do well, what, what are the patterns? And then uh, do, if you, if you can afford it in your budget, boost some posts and then compare and contrast those to your non-boosted posts. Did it make a much of a difference? Was it worth it? Did that help your business? Try different things with Facebook if your time and your budget allows it. Um, yeah. And in those ways, Facebook can work really well for you.
0: Yeah. it is was mainly experimentation. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Tell your story and include them on the journey. Yes. That's,
0: Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> um, okay, let's switch over to Pinterest a little bit, which is not my wheelhouse because you have really, you know, what do you call it? Steered the ship on my Pinterest <laughs> account for years, and there. I mean, I don't even get on Pinterest. That's all you. <laughs> so,
1: hear all your Pinteresty wisdom. Okay. Well. So I think Pinterest can, even more than Facebook, can really stress people out. And I see this all the time. I actually just saw this this weekend and it kind of made me chuckle because I was like, hey, we're we're about to talk about social media. People get like really dramatic and they'll be like, Pinterest changed their algorithm again and I am done. I quit. And then. <laughs> Yeah <laughs> they just decide to just stop it and like that's just their reaction and I'm like okay yes they do like over the last 8 years i mean every few months sometimes every few weeks they change how they want you to do things how they want you to share things and whatever and the main like steadfast foundation through it all is don't overshare your stuff like don't flood pinterest with A hundred of your pins in one day. Pinterest doesn't like that. Be like the advice that I've
0: heard, like back in the day, they would be like, Ah. pin crazy amounts of stuff. It's the only way to get ahead.
1: Yeah, I was hired by someone, and she was like, "I need at least two thousand pins done per day." I was like, (sighs) "I don't feel like this is the right strategy, (sighs) but okay, you're hiring me. I'll do what you want." (laughs) You know, and like that's just you got to think about Pinterest. Pinterest is a company; they own Pinterest. They want the home pages for their customers to look like a magazine spread with different ads. Um, And if you're trying to flood the home pages of people who are following you or whatever with thousands of your pins at one go, they don't like that. They don't want that. And they're going to punish you a little bit. So the, the, the real thing is don't. Don't flood everything with your pins. And also remember to share other people. You have to think about like the followers of your Pinterest, they they like homesteading. So you need to also share good quality homesteading stuff from other people that are going to show up on their their home feeds as well. So I, at least for me, I have like steadfastly done, you know, like one or two pins from you that I post out there and then a few of other people's um, and just doing that route. Pinterest is happy. Pinterest doesn't harm you. Your numbers have never gone crazy down like it has to some other people and it steadily increases. Um, So that's the main thing is remember what it is, which is like a magazine spread, Um, share good quality pictures. And then think about, again, like how are you going to get them to click on your picture? It's an over competitive area. Um, you can't just post a picture of your ricotta cheese and say how to make ricotta cheese. If you saw that in a magazine, you wouldn't, you know, what? why would you click that and not another ricotta cheese? So say something like uh, homemade ricotta cheese, 10 minutes, great for beginners or something like that with, you know, high quality pictures on the, the pins. Um, that's more interesting that's more helpful than just how to make ricotta cheese Mm -hmm. so using um you know the right wording helps and then long images have consistently been necessary the whole two to three ratio or whatever
0: okay um what's the pixel count these days i remember i used to google because i used to make my own pinterest pins for each of my blog posts and i would i was always like what's the best size so what's the current uh, advice on that
1: a very current, like I looked it up yesterday and they said a thousand by 1500. Okay. So yeah, pixels. Yeah, um, skinny. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, uh-huh. I mean, I don't, I don't do that for you and me, but I stick with the whole long and skinny, the two to three ratio or whatever. And that works great. But yeah. if you, you want to figure out the exact, uh, pixels for what's, their favorite at the moment, then Those numbers have changed. They used to be like these crazy. Do you remember? They're like they long and skinny, and they took like the entire home page. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was also people who had just post horizontal ones, and they were like just ugly pictures. <laughs> totally. um, yeah, yeah. Those those aren't gonna work anymore either. That used to be fine, but it's a very competitive place now. So that same it stuff is. doesn't work
0: you know, one thing that came to mind is as we were talking about the Pinterest and Facebook and the changes and having to look up what the current recommendations are, I feel like if you're new to this, it can feel very overwhelming and almost discouraging. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, like, like you said, that my numbers and your numbers have stayed pretty steady. I mean, there's been some little dips just because even with all the changes in algorithms, the basics of good content never really go away. Of, yes. You know decent quality photos, good headlines and titles that get someone's attention and communicate how to solve a problem, and being yourself and and adding mm-hmm. your story and your personality, like no matter what those platforms do, that stuff always will work. I can't think mm-hmm. of an example when that
1: doesn't work, yeah, absolutely yeah, and then you know you can get into it for other businesses too, um eventually, like. Like if you're a local business and you sell flowers, cut flowers at markets, and you're like, I really love making pretty ad type pictures. I love the idea of Pinterest. You can use it. You just need to figure out how to do it right because it needs to be evergreen posts or material so that like, you can't just be like, you know, click here for my 20% off sale that ends in two days. Cause that's not, that's not how it works on Pinterest. It, you know, it needs to be that it brings them to a sale that happens all the time or whatever, Mm -hmm. but then you can use it. um, You talked to Cian, I think her name is from Farmhouse Mm -hmm. Teas. Yeah. Like she sells teas on her website. If she wants to get on Pinterest, one way she could do that is to make um, a little article on her website that says the dangers of um, store-bought generic tea bags or something And then people will be like, oh, there's something wrong with generic tea bags. And then they click it and it's bringing them to her website where she's talking about the issue and then saying, I sell good quality safe tea." if, you know, you click around on my website. So you can do that same thing with almost any kind of business. You just need to understand that that's how you use it on Pinterest. You're drawing them to your website, but it's not just to be like, click here to buy my teas. That's, that's not how it works. So
0: an ad ad type or or a pure ad is not going to work on Pinterest. Um, Yeah. It's going to need to be a a value, a valuable piece of content that's Mm -hmm. solving a problem or answering a question that then in a roundabout way introduces people to you. And then they can decide if they want to work with you further by buying your products. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Um, And I would say, honestly, like when we do a launch for the Prairie Homes that on a new product or, or service, You and I usually are working out, okay, we're going to send email. We're going to do a Facebook post. We're going to do Instagram. I'm going to do YouTube video. We don't even include Pinterest. And if it's a flash sale, I don't even include that in my strategy. And maybe that's horrible. But I feel like, like you said, it doesn't, it's not worth it to create the image. And then it's a five-day sale. And by the time it even gets picked up by Pinterest, it's already over. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't work well for that.
1: No, but instead what I'll do is like, uh, you have your self-funded homestead course um to teach people how to make a business while they're running a homestead and you have a post you have a few posts on your website about things like how you run a homestead on on an income or whatever or 39 ways to make money while homesteading you have posts like that and in those posts i will edit them and be like want to learn more about how to run a business from home i've got this course yeah. so that's how you would use it instead it's more of like again the evergreen like kind of material a slow burn not not for flash sales or quick promotions
0: absolutely could you give some tips for folks on creating these pins um like how can they do that without having a degree in graphic design and any tips for just making them appealing to the eye
1: okay yes definitely um first thing I would do is um when I mean who I don't want to like I don't know how much they need here, but um, put a secret board on your Pinterest. So this is a board that only you see, nobody else would. And in this secret board, add pins from other people that draw your eye, you know, like just scroll through your homepage and be like, oh, I like this ad. It doesn't even have to do anything with your product. You're not trying to imitate, Mm -hmm. you're trying to emulate, which is different. So just collect different pins that you found attractive and then open up your secret board and look at them and find the patterns. Why did they Why did they draw your eye? Was it the colors? Was it the fonts? Was it the way they put like four pictures with the words in the center? Like, you know, think about what you liked about those images to get inspiration and ideas of how to do it yourself. And then head on over to, I would suggest Canva. Um, PicMonkey is an option, but a lot of their features now you have to pay for. So it's a little bit harder. But Canvas still has a lot of features in their free program. So it's a free place that you can make pins. And they even have it on Canva where they have Pinterest um, ideas. And you can just click on them and then just edit them for yourself. So you can get inspiration from Canva's um, library of designs as well. And then they also just have the Pinterest sizes for you and you can just, you know, delete things and add your own um, pieces. So that's what I I suggest. If you don't have a degree, start collecting the ones that you like and then that'll help inspire you and then use Canva.
0: Yeah, I love that advice. And that's what I've done. And I mean, I still have a long ways to go on how I design, but I've done a lot of my own design for different things over the years. And that's all I've done is, what, what looks good to me. And sometimes I'll even be like flipping through a magazine or driving um, and I'll see yes. a logo I like or a font I like, and I'll take a picture and it doesn't have to be around homesteading. It's just something I like. And I'm like, why did I like it? Oh, it, it flowed like this and the font looked like this. And so just start training your eye, I think. And mm-hmm. that can take you a long ways.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, and then Can you explain schedulers for Pinterest just briefly? Because I feel like that can be a game changer for a lot of folks.
1: Yeah. And that's another thing that in the last few weeks, people who use Pinterest for their businesses have been going crazy about. Um, There's been a bunch of schedulers over the years, but right now it's mainly just Tailwind is the, the... one that still exists and is doing well, but a lot of people right now are against it. So there's that. (laughs) Everyone always agrees on everything. (laughs) I (laughs) I still use it and I, you use it as well. I use it for you. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you're making pins for your business, you look into Tailwind, um, they have a thing called communities, which you, you can join as they're like tribes Basically, and then like you put your pin in there, and then you pin someone else's from the same community. So you can find like homestead communities and share other homestead pins that way. That's good. And then yeah, you can use it to schedule out your pins for a a long period of time. So yeah, I try to do like two days between. If I if your pin is going to be pinned in like six different boards, um, I'll put a two days between each one. So every two days it shows up on Pinterest, basically. Um, But they have a lot of tips on Tailwind and like little videos you can watch if you're completely new to it and their recommendations and stuff. Um, So that's a good one. You can also just manually do it on Pinterest, but that's going to take more of your time. Tailwind is nice. Uh, You can do like a whole week at once and then ignore it and then go back to it. So, yeah. Yep. And I
0: think with all of these platforms, if you can batch your social media, your creation of it and your scheduling of it, uh, it's going to save you a lot of headache in the long run, just because if you have that on your, on your to-do list every day, I got to post on Facebook, I got to post on Instagram, I got to do pictures like that just eats into your productivity and your creativity time. So
1: Mm -hmm. the more you can schedule ahead or do things in chunks, I think the better. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It ends up saving you a lot of time. Um, yes. Yeah. It's weird how that works. You think, oh, if I if I you know pin once a day, it oh you know, it only takes me like you know ten minutes. Mm-hmm. But then if you pin pin once a week for that whole week, it ends up taking like twenty minutes. But it was like seven days worth of pins. So yeah. you know, like it ends up working out. And it, yeah. So batching is a great idea.
0: Yeah, I think um, I, I've always thought that too. I'm like, how come this works so well? And I, the best description I heard, I think it's the book Deep Work by Cal Newport. Um, and he talks about this idea of chunking and basically it just our brains it takes them time to transition to different tasks. so the fewer transitions you have, the more efficient you'll you'll be. And so right. if you're you know going Facebook every day, Instagram, Pinterest. I got to write a blog post. I got to make a video. I got to uh, water my garden. Then the more you switch, the least efficient. But if you can just group it in some things, you can't group like watering the garden. Right. But like <laughs> if you can do that, it's less transition. And so you just waste less time and it really works. So it works on all things, not just business, just right in general. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's that's, that's really good. What like, deep work you said that was called? Deep work. Yeah.
0: yeah. I love that book. I need to read it again, actually. <laughs> um, okay. Let's talk Instagram just briefly because we did cover that um, already kind of when we were talking earlier. Um, so I think, so I do do my own Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. you post some of my stories, like when I have a new podcast episode, you're the one who goes in and you do that, but I've always done my own Instagram just because I, and this is the one I don't have necessarily as much of a strategy for, because I, I like to do it organically and I have found right. it in the past. and this is just me and this might not be true for anyone else. This is just how I do it. When I try to pre plan Instagram, it just doesn't get as much traction because it's better for me when I'm more organic. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I feel like that's kind of how Instagram was initially set up. Whereas Pinterest and Facebook are very friendly towards scheduled content and thought ahead Mm -hmm. content. Instagram wants you to be a little bit more on the fly, um, which can be a blessing and a curse because when I nail it and I have a really good, photo and a post that I can share. It does really well. But then like recently I've been so preoccupied with the rest of the stuff I have going on. I haven't been very consistent on Instagram. So yeah. I'm not saying you necessarily want to follow exactly what I do with that, but um, it's definitely to me, I feel like the most authentic and more, more genuine platforms that at least to, to connect with people and the, the people over on Instagram, generally, not always, I don't know if you've noticed it they're a little more like nice, <laughs>
1: yes not as as ground.
0: no trolls at least so far
1: knock on wood (laughs) yeah
0: it's just like I yeah yeah, I don't know what it is it's a different demographic right people are using Mm -hmm. it for different purposes so I can post not I mean I don't I rarely do controversial you know me I'm pretty yeah not controversial I mean unless it's like types of meat chickens and then I am I guess controversial
1: (laughs) (laughs) or when you posted your uh homestead manifesto which I was like yeah. That was great. That was like, how is this yeah. controversial? But some that people you know,
0: go, <laughs> people come after me. Um, yeah, but people on Instagram are generally like supportive and more happy and encouraging and less offendable than on Facebook. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen some brawls on Instagram. Don't get me wrong, but not as <laughs> not as many. So,
1: yeah, you know, I, and I don't know if, um, if it's because you have to mainly use your phone. And like the other yeah. st- on Facebook and stuff, you can use a computer. And at least for me, I type really fast on my computer, yes. but if I'm on my phone, it's like, like constantly deleting when it, my fat fingers press the wrong yep. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe yep. that just like cools people off as they're like, like, well, I think you're a jerk. <laughs> it takes forever. are <laughs> so like, okay, not worth the 16 paragraphs. I really want to write. Yelling at people. But- yeah. yeah, there is definitely a pro and con to Instagram just like you said. Like the pro is it's more authentic and it's like like this is what I'm literally doing right now on my, you know, homestead. But the con is that you don't usually schedule that stuff And you can use Tailwind to schedule Instagram, but um it's it's just a little clunkier and stuff. And at least for me, this is why I don't use Instagram very much because I garden and that means I need to take pictures during gardening season. And as it is, I can barely stay ahead of things to, you know, harvest and weed and take care of pests, let alone sit around carrying my phone and being like, let me perfectly take a picture of this (laughs) ripening fruit. So yeah, there is definitely a pro and con to Instagram for that exact reason. You get busy.
0: I tend to to get the same way where I I'm like, oh, I should have taken a picture of that. Cause it was a beautiful, the, be- the light was beautiful. I was doing something cool in the garden or in the greenhouse or with the cows, but then I get in the moment and sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not sorry about that because I'm happy that I was able to forget I had my phone and forget I needed a picture and just live that piece of my homestead life. But exactly. I don't have much Instagram content as others either. Right. So you gotta, yeah. get, you know, priorities. Um, mm. One thing I have done, I don't do it as much now, but when I was really trying to be more strategic with Instagram, I would actually take the photos with my Canon camera, my 7D, my fancy camera. And then I would, this is a lot of work, but I would (laughs) uh, take my card out of my camera and put it on my computer. And then I would upload the photo to my computer. And then I would put it into Lightroom, which is a video editor, not video, a photo editor. And then I would put all the adjustments on it. So it looked good. And I would fix the colors and so they would all kind of match uh, the other photos on my Feed, and then I would upload it to Dropbox. And then from <laughs> my phone, I had a Dropbox app and I would go into the app on Dropbox and then I could get, get it from basically my computer to my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I still, honestly, I write a lot of my, cause I feel like at least for me, longer Instagram captions usually do better versus mm-hmm. if it's just, like the caption for me is is really important, at least for my audience. They want something interesting, mm-hmm. witty, funny, thought provoking. If I just post uh, a picture from like Happy Thursday, like it doesn't do that yeah. well at all. And I'd say that's probably true across the board. So I will write my captions on my computer, and then I mm-hmm. will either text the caption to myself or use like my Mac to you know they talk to each other, mm-hmm. on my phone and my computer. So. Uh, that's my trick for the longer captions because I'm like you, I hate typing on my phone. Oh, no, I can't. It. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to Yeah. For the long stuff, I have to use my fingers mm-hmm. on the keyboard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do the same thing. I type stuff out on a Google sheet and then uh-huh. open Google Drive on my phone and copy and paste it. Cause yeah. <sighs> typing yes. on a phone, man. <laughs> yeah. Bring back yeah, back the Blackberry with a, with a little keyboard. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, honestly, if
0: someone asks me a question that's longer than like, yes or no, I'm like, I'll call you. I don't want to to type that.
1: Yeah. That is the, yeah. The boxer stuff. The few times I ever like vocally say stuff to you instead of type it, it's because I'm in my garden and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to sit here. and (laughs) mm. (laughs)
0: Nope. Nope.
1: Um,
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's talk story, Instagram stories for just a minute. Cause I think that's probably one of my favorite ways to use Instagram right now. Me do you too. like using stories like or what kind of stories do you like to watch what are your favorites
1: I love um first of all they have to have words on them because mm-hmm. I never have the sound on on my phone so I'm just reading it and if I think it's interesting maybe I'll turn the sound on but okay. but yeah so keep words on it and then like just like little video snippets like you put some yeah. up uh, today and you're like I'm making cheese mm-hmm. and you're like you know, here's the brick and it's putting, put in the brine or whatever. And I was like watching everyone like, Oh, that's awesome. This is, you know, really interesting. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm addicted to them personally. I, I haven't gotten into using them for my, my own work at all, but mm-hmm. I, I really like them.
0: I do too. I think I find the people that I'm like most interested in following on Instagram. I like their stories even better than their actual posts. Just yeah. I feel like I get an inside look at what they're doing and who they are. I'm like you, I don't, I think we're probably in the majority, we don't have the sound on most of the time. So mm-hmm. words are important. There's also that new feature where you can have captions yeah. um, feeding or whatever, scrolling on the video as you're talking, which is really cool. They're auto-generated. So that's pretty slick. But I just, yeah, I just like to, when I don't want to put a lot of thought into a caption cause I spend a lot of time on a, a long caption will take mm. me a, a while to to craft mm-hmm. it. I want to make sure it flows. I read it out loud. I'll leave it and come back to it. But if I don't want to do that and I just want to show like making cheese or I'm out in the garden or whatever, um then i I think stories are great. You don't have to worry about the photos yes. being is perfect or or is fancy just yeah, real life,
1: yeah, and the only downside is that they don't stay up very long. So yeah. you know, sometimes you ask people questions on the stories, like oh, yeah. We, what what are your struggles? And then they disappear. And then, and then, I'm then like, you're like, oh, Chris, can you help me gather Chris. up the, the answers? And I'm like, they're
0: gone. They're gone. <laughs> I mean, a lot, so here's a, here's a tip. If you're asking a question for your business, like, what do you want to see me create? Or what is, you know, a poll or something? Mm. Um, you, you can, you can see the answers in your archive, your, your story archive for, I don't know, a couple, a couple of weeks or something. You can see it for a couple weeks, but if it's longer than that, they just disappear. They're,
1: yeah. They're gone.
0: And there's no way to get them because we've tried. Like, yeah, did, like, Chris. <laughs> but Google, Google, see if you can salvage these. There's a secret way and there is not. So anyway, that's just a fun little side note. But yeah. Yeah. It's good for inter- in- engagement and interaction. The polls, the questions. I think that's mm-hmm. always really fun. People like to answer that stuff.
1: Yeah. I really like the uh, question and answer too. another way to get to know you know people give you questions and then you post the question and then your answer right underneath yeah i like those too yeah
0: yeah for sure okay so as we wrap up here what final advice do you have for new social media or prospective ones
1: <laughs> um i would definitely say remember that social media is you know it's about social you know connect Share your story. It's not just like sharing your, here's what we sell at our business. Connect with your customer. Show them the background. You want them along on your journey. So that's the whole point of using, especially Facebook and Instagram, is share your story. Um, And also share from others. There's been a lot of times where I'm trying to support a local business. And then they write on their Facebook page, "Hey, we're doing um, having um, this other restaurant share our salads. And so if you like our salads, you'll find them at this restaurant this week." And I'm like, "Great! This is another local business I can use, and I love that you're connecting." Or another, the herb shop I love. Um, they said we're doing a community litter pickup. Anyone want to join us? It's not for them. Like, they're not promoting themselves, but they're like, we love our community. We want to keep this place clean. And I'm like, I want to support you because you love us. So I want to love you. So share other people's things, support your community if that's part of your business. I think those create valuable content. Mm -hmm. Don't just repeat the same thing over and over again and be consistent. Yes. Uh, those would Good. be my main my main my ideas.
0: Good advice. I agree. Um alrighty. Well that was, that was a longer episode, but I think that was good. I think we had a lot. I think we did good. (laughs) We'll see if anybody else agrees, but yeah. um, yeah, I mean, this is such a big topic. It's hard. I mean, we can't, you can't ever touch on all of it. Like you said, once you have it all lined out, it changes. I've done courses on social media in the past. And and, like, I feel like within two weeks of me finishing the course, it's changed. So Mm -hmm. it's just something keep learning. Um, It's a little bit like the stock market, you know, don't, (laughs) you're in for the long haul. Don't obsess over all the ups and downs, like just stay steady. Um, You can pay attention to what's working, but don't lose your marbles over it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I mean, I've done that. I remember when I first started using Facebook and I started to figure it out. um, It was back in the days of organic reach. And so what was working at that time, this is before Facebook started to introduce, like you have to pay to play. Mm -hmm. It was free for all. I would post on the hour, twelve times a day. So I've I would schedule twelve posts a day. This is before I think before you came, you came along, and so I would spend about two hours a day creating Facebook posts and images and linking stuff and all kinds of things. And I got amazing reach. Like I was sending people to Amazon and I was making affiliate income, and I was putting tons of traffic over to my blog and I was promoting other people and it was a blast. I felt like I had won the lottery. And then one day. Literally Facebook shut off the faucet, yeah. like done. And the posts that were getting thousands, if not tens of thousands of hits and likes and interactions would get like 50. And mm-hmm. I was crushed. Like I cried, I was like, I have, business is over. What am I gonna yeah. do? And yeah, like obviously I've since learned that was not the end of the world. I just had to adapt. But don't put all your eggs in one basket and just ride out the dips. Like it's mm-hmm. it's gonna go up and down, and you just stay consistent. Show up to serve and tell your story and you'll be
1: fine. Amen.
0: Yeah. All right. Remind folks where they can find you and your amazing content on the internet. They want to follow along. Uh, with
1: your story. Yeah. I talk about gardening, um, especially finding joy in your garden. And that's at the dot And then I'm trying to be better at Instagram. So you can find me up at Instagram at Chris at the homestead garden. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Awesome.
0: So, awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. It's always a blast to talk You're welcome. in this capacity, even though we talk all the time in other capacities. <laughs> so, yes, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm sure we'll have you on again soon on a, a whole different topic. So Woo! We'll look
1: forward <laughs> to that. all right,
0: right, friends, that is all we have for you today. I hope that was helpful and inspiring. Um, We'd love to hear your biggest takeaways. You can post an Instagram story and tag Chris and I. I'm at the Prairie Homestead and she's at the Homestead Garden. And tell us what you learned in today's episode. So that is all we have for you. But we will chat again on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. Happy homesteading, friends.